When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A harsh wind cut at my face as I walked down the length of the bridge. Dawn was just a few minutes away from breaking over the horizon, and there wasn't a car in sight. Rough waves lapped at the concrete supports down below, beckoning me to join them in crashing against the structure. Once I had found my way to the center of the bridge, I looked to my left and to my right. Still, no cars. The metal of the guardrail was icy to the touch, but the sharp numbness in my fingers propelled me as I climbed over it and planted my feet on the ledge beyond. Just a few more moments of pain. It would all be over. And as I stared down at the waters below, I felt my phone buzz. Everything was fine three days ago. I had spent the weekend at a business conference, rubbing elbows with some of the best sales specialists in the country, while doing my best to ensure they knew I wasn't going to rub anything else. It felt like half of my time at the event was spent making sure that my wedding ring was visible as often as possible. I'd like to say you'd be surprised at how many interactions that my marital status soured. But I doubt you would be. I was fine with that though, because I had one goal for the trip. To land my white whale. You see, the Myers contract was a one-way ticket to the top, and every salesperson at the conference was gunning for it. It took me cutting small deals all through Friday and Saturday to make it happen, but I managed to set up a meeting with the Myers Group representative. From there... It was a simple matter of letting our numbers do the talking, and the rep signed within the hour. I was riding high when I got back to the hotel room on Saturday night. After years of keeping my nose to the grindstone at work, fighting tooth and nail to get to the top, I had finally made it. There was no way I wouldn't get the promotion now. It was there, laying in bed after the most important meeting of my career that I got the first message. Opening up my phone, I saw that there was a private message request waiting for me on Instagram. I pulled up the request, and sure enough, it was an account with no profile pictures and a username composed mostly of numbers. The message was simple. Hey baby, wanna make my night? Relieved that it wasn't a dick pic, I simply blocked the account and deleted the message request. Then I called Matt to tell him the wonderful news about the Myers contract. This call was much better than the last one. Things were still a bit awkward between us since our last argument, but it was clear that my good news superseded our personal struggles, which I was thankful for. We talked for an hour or so before I got another message request, 
from a different account. Come on, doll. You could be anything I want you to be. That one was much creepier than the first, but still nothing to be overly worried about. Block, delete, move on. It was barely a footnote in my day. Another few minutes of increasingly awkward talking. Matt and I finally said goodnight, and I got up to take a shower. When I got out, I found yet another message request. Ignoring me isn't really an option. Now, even I have to admit that the last one shook me up a bit. Clearly, all three messages had come from the same loser creep who had, for some reason, decided that I was his fantasy girl of the day. Was it someone I had met at the conference? Or was it just some guy that found my profile online? It was the former possibility that led me to double-check the locks on the hotel room door. Now, deciding to play it safe just in case the messages continued, I took a screenshot of this request before deleting it and blocking the account. Shaking off the chill that had creeped into the room, I turned on some quiet music and got ready for bed. I didn't get any more messages that night. Sunday went by in a blur of crowded terminals and in-flight movies. I was exhausted by the time Matt picked me up from the airport that afternoon, and I slept the entire drive back to our house. Matt helped me carry my suitcase into the apartment before surprising me with a bottle of champagne. After more than a few celebratory drinks, the two of us found our way over to our room and tumbled into bed together. And I remember telling him that the conference just made me feel so alive. The alarm went off the next morning and I found myself with a minor hangover, but nothing too bad. Matt had already gotten out of bed and I could hear the shower running. So I grabbed my phone, rolled over, and stretched out across his side of the bed to soak up any residual warmth he had left behind. There was a text from my friend Julie waiting for me. I can't believe you didn't tell me. That was certainly out of the ordinary. I asked what she meant and got another cryptic reply. Don't play dumb. We both know what I'm talking about. Real girl boss. Matt walked in from the bathroom and took note of the look on my face. Is everything alright? He asked. Yeah, it's fine. I replied. I think Julie somehow heard about me landing the Myers contract and is upset I didn't tell her sooner. Outside of the strange texts from my friend, the morning progressed like normal. I got ready and drove to work, mentally preparing myself for the day at the office. Landing that big contract was only the beginning of the process. I had a lot of business to attend to if I wanted to stay on top of things. I held my breath as the elevator doors slid open, half expecting a surprise celebration of my accomplishment over the weekend. When I was met with silence on the other side of the door, I silently chided myself for fantasizing like that. Celebrations weren't common in a cutthroat workplace like this, and the rare ones we did have never had been for a woman. Anytime I had seen another female do well in my line of work, 
The closest thing she got to a celebration were the whispers behind her back accusing her of sleeping her way to the top. Sure enough, the walk to my office was filled with sideways glances and unstable whispers. When I got to my door, I was met by one of my more outspoken co-workers. He didn't have much to say, but what he did say fell into what was quickly becoming a strange pattern. That's uh, pretty bold of you to come in today. I was a bit thrown off by this comment, but I decided to roll with the punches. It's probably just a playful ribbing anyway. Well, you know how it is, Alan. The grind never stops. Yeah, I bet it doesn't. Real girl boss. He eyed me up and down like he owned the place before turning and walking away. Something strange was definitely happening. Not only was it a rather inappropriate interaction in the first place, but somehow, Alan had called me the exact same thing that Julie had. As weird as it was, though, I needed to shake it off and get to work. I put my phone on mute and did just that. The morning flew by in a blur of paperwork and stolen glances from co-workers checking me out as they passed by. It was frustrating to say the least, coming back from landing the most important deal of my career and being met with coldness. But it made a little bit of sense too. You see, everyone wanted the Myers contract, so it made a sick sort of sense that my male colleagues would be miffed at the woman in their midst for nailing it first. In fact, I was willing to bet that half of those looks were for men who were wondering what favors I had done to land the deal in the first place. My entire career up until that point had been riddled with nasty rumors and inappropriate comments from my coworkers and even supervisors. It was a double-edged sword. I needed to be feminine enough to be easy on the eyes, but I couldn't be too feminine lest I cause distractions and draw more criticism. It was a tightrope act that I had mastered, though. I knew exactly how much makeup to wear, what outfits worked and didn't work, and most importantly, I had developed a thick skin. If I had let the whispers and comments get to me, then I wouldn't have lasted a month in business. My watch alarm told me it was time to take a lunch break, but the four-page long to-do list told me to work through lunch. I allowed myself a few minutes to check my phone while my food was in the microwave and saw two missed calls from my mom and a text that simply said, Call me. That was never a good sign, but I had too much to get done and was likely going to have to stay late after work to finish it anyway. So, I decided that I'd just call mom on my drive home. It was around 1.30 that afternoon when I got a call on the desk phone to head over to my boss's office. I got up and walked briskly over to his door, thinking that maybe it was time for someone to finally congratulate me. Once I saw the head of HR in the office though, I knew that my visit wasn't going to be for a handshake and a good job. What I got instead was a severance package. My mind and body went numb as the news was delivered. I was told that in light of my recent performance, 
I would have to be let go. I tried to ask more about why, but both my boss and the head of HR were being cagey in their answers. They just kept talking about my recent performance and my unethical behavior at the conference. I was told that I need to be out of my office within the hour. And that was that. Holding back tears, I frantically loaded all my belongings into the box they provided and had made a beeline for the elevator. As I stood and waited for the door to close, another co-worker walked by and sneered at me. You reap what you sow, a real girl boss, she said through a rancid smile. The door slid shut before I could ask what she meant by that. I managed to make it to my car before letting the tears flow, and I gave myself time to just let it all out before trying to drive. And what was going on? As I shifted gears and pulled out of the parking lot, I called my mom over the car's Bluetooth. I never would have expected the conversation that came next. My own mother yelled at me over the phone the entire drive home. She berated me for some unknown grievance while woefully asking where she went wrong. I couldn't get a word in for several minutes until I managed to squeak out that I had just been fired. Her response was simple in its cruelty. Well, I can't say I'm surprised at this point. I'm just glad you don't have any children who would suffer the consequences of your actions. And with that, she hung up. I finished the last few minutes of the drive in stunned silence before pulling into the driveway and parking. Matt's car was there too. It was odd that he was home, but I was relieved that he would at least be there to help me pick up the pieces of my shattered life. I was wrong. I walked in to find my suitcase sitting next to the door and Matt sitting at the kitchen table. What's this? I asked. I... Well, you need to leave. He replied. What? I was stunned. Why? Because I thought we were getting better. He snapped at me. I thought the counseling was working, and I thought you were committed to us. But now, you see, I get it. All those late nights at the office and the weekends away at conferences, they were never really about work now, were they? And with that, Matt slid his phone across the table. He had a video pulled up. I sat in stunned silence as I pressed play and saw myself having sex with three men at the same time. We're all in remnants of business attire, and the video was simply titled, Now that's what a real girl boss looks like. Except, that wasn't me. It couldn't have been me. I tried to tell that to Matt to explain to him that I never did that, but it was all too late. He told me to leave and went back to our room, numb from what just happened. I picked up my suitcase and I walked out the front door. After checking into a nearby hotel, I looked up at the video on my phone and watched it three times before throwing my phone off to the side. It was filthy. 
There were acts depicted in it that made my stomach churn. It wasn't me. It couldn't have been me. And yet there I was, clear as day. Looking at the video, even I couldn't tell that it had been edited. The whole rest of my day came into focus now. Julie's text, my co-workers' comments, getting fired, my mom, Matt, everything suddenly made perfect sense to me. Somebody made a deep fake of me and sent it to everyone I knew. But why? My phone buzzed and I snatched it up, praying that it would be Matt or my mother or just any friendly face. Instead, what I saw was another message request on Instagram. Do you like what I made for you? It was him. The freak who messaged me two days ago. My blood started to boil as I typed out my response. Listen, I don't know who you are, but I need you to take that video down. I'll go to the police if you don't. I've got screenshots of your messages. He answered with another question. Do you, though? Panic coursed through me as I went to my photos and saw that my screenshots had somehow been deleted. I even went through the trash folder and found it completely empty. He had hacked into my phone somehow. I took another screenshot and watched in real time as I got deleted from my phone. A chill went down my spine as my mind raced. I had to take the video down. I decided not to block the account though because I wanted a line of communication with this sick freak. The rest of my night and the entire next day were spent tangled up in phone calls and emails with every porn website I could find. The video had been posted everywhere that would allow it, which meant that I had to sort through dozens of skeezy websites and forums. At the end of the day though, after dozens of hours of work, I had only managed to get three sites to take the video down. The police were no help either. I tried to tell them that the video was fake and that I wanted to press charges, but they told me to just deal with the consequences of my actions and try to move on. I tried to reach out to Matt or my mom or even Julie, but nobody was responding. The creep had managed to burn my life to the ground in a matter of days. Seeing no end in sight and no way to rebuild my life with this monster in the shadows, ready to torpedo it at any moment, I headed out to the bridge. And it was there, looking down at the icy waters, that I felt my phone buzz. Oh, come on, real girl boss. It was only a joke. My stomach lurched, partially from disgust, but also from the height. Desperate for anything to make sense, I sent a reply. Why are you doing this? The answer chilled me to the bone. It was someone else last week. Some part of me snapped after reading that. There was no way I was going to let the sick freak win. If I truly was just the next girl in a long line of playthings, then I wasn't going to give in. Not that easily. This wasn't the answer. 
There had to be a better way. There had to be hope. I slid my phone into my pocket and turned back around to climb over the railing and get back to safety. As I turned, though, I found myself face to face with a woman in a hoodie and a mask. She looked down at me and grabbed my shoulders. You didn't think it would be that easy, did you? She asked before giving me a hard shove. The last thing I saw before I hit the water was Julie taking off the mask and peering down over the side of the bridge.